Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and this is the place to come to keep your Frenchy vibes going and help you lose yourself in France without even leaving home. In each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live in Australia, France and right around the world and share ideas for how to stay connected to the Francophile within you. Now today, my guest is someone who is very close to me. Fraser Nicholson is my gorgeous youngest son, and has travelled extensively in France with me. Coucou, Frazy, ça va? Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Alors, Frazy, you first travelled to France as part of a big European tour back when you were still in primary school, and we met up with 20 of our family in Paris and spent a week together there. What do you remember most about that week in Paris when you were much littler than you are now, as you now tower over me? Um, I remember going to all the touristy things, like the Eiffel Tower. I remember going to the top of the Eiffel Tower with you. Yeah. And, um, everybody else was too scared, so yeah, you everyone, and I went on our uh, own. Yeah, so we went up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. And um, I also remember going to the Louvre and looking at all the artworks there and um, going right up close to the, the Mona Lisa, which That's was a lot right. smaller in person. It's but. only like the size of an A4 exercise book, really. <laughs> and there was a crowd of people that was massive, in front of it, and you being so small and a little bit cheeky, you just went in between all these people and went right up the front and took a selfie of yourself with the Mona Lisa in the background. Get right done, check, move on, next thing, please. Yeah, it's very funny. So, do you recall those touristy things the most, or the details of our stay, like the little hidden corners in Paris and the secret courtyards behind the big oak doors and? I do remember a lot of the big touristy things, like obviously going to the top of the Eiffel Tower and stuff like that. But I also do remember um, just little things like going to certain restaurants and mm. having snails for the first time and just meeting up with all our family and, and riding, the, riding the metro. Yes. I remember the first time we were riding the metro, we were very stressed about getting everybody on and off before the doors closed. I remember you saying, Mum, Mum, hold on to me, hold on to me, because we were worried that half of us would be on the train and half of us would be off the train. And there's not a lot of warning for the doors to close. You've got to be very swift with the metro in Paris. You just explained to me the other day, and I didn't even realise this, but there is one train line with self-driving trains. Is that right? Well, I think that I'm not too sure, but from what I got from it, I'm pretty sure they were self-driving because they would stop. They'd be exactly two Exactly at the right yeah, stop. Yeah, exactly at the right stop. And I remember sitting at the front of the trains looking out the front, so I'm pretty sure they're self-driving. They're com- I would assume they're computer That just program. freaks me out yeah. that there's nobody there driving the train. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the tobacco? That bloke that knew us by the end of the week as we walked up, he had a beer ready for your dad before he even sat down and he had snacks for you and the other kids. He was just wonderful. He became our best mate. Yeah, he was a really nice guy. And I remember little things like that just because all of our family was staying in the one spot and um, that was like our meeting spot for everything as we would go out on day trips together to Versailles and to certain places. Yeah. It was great because we were all staying in the same region but because people were having times to come in and out of Paris at different stages, we didn't all stay in the one place. We stayed in separate places in the one area and then that was our meeting point. And we stayed in a little apartment that you and I talked about. We could imagine 
all the hidey holes where people might have been hiding during different parts of history there in Paris. There was a lot of a lot of weird little nooks and crannies, especially in our apartment in or a part, It's in the Marais. It was in yeah, in our apartment in the Marais. There was weird sort of entrances to attics and <laughs> like hidden doors in in wardrobes and stuff like that, which was pretty pretty cool. Now. I recall one day that you especially loved because we went to wander up the Champs-Élysées, which is very touristy and I must admit not exactly my favourite part of Paris because it seems to be more affected by the tourist dollar than the real Paris to me. But we went there and you went to the Paris Saint-Germain store and tried on a jersey and then proudly wore that everywhere after that point around Paris. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that a lot because at the time when I was 12... I think you are 11. 11 or 12, I was playing a lot of FIFA on my iPad on long car trips throughout the UK before we got to France. Mm. And I had a couple of PSG players um, on my on my <gasps> That's team. That's right. So when I saw the PSG shop, I was like, oh, mum, can we go in there? And, then, <laughs> yeah. and it was chock-a-block with people, but we managed to find a top for you and we got out of there. The other thing that I remember that you've mentioned to me over the years too was the amount of buskers that there were in Paris. So they were in the street, they were on the bridge behind Notre Dame and they were even on the train to Versailles. Yeah, I remember jumping on the train and seeing a guy playing the accordion and we I don't think they're allowed to play the accordion. Like, I don't no. think they're allowed to busk on, on trains. Um, <laughs> Papa was telling us that um, they're not allowed to busk on trains but he was quite friendly so we, I think we gave him a little bit of money and... Um, he got off at the next station. Yes. They jump on, they play for a, a stop and they jump off. It's yeah. quite funny. Remember the inside of that train? Oh, yeah, the inside of the train. It was um, – they do a lot of, like, weird things. I think it was a train on the way to Versailles and they actually decked it out like the Hall of Mirrors at Versailles, which was quite cool. So, yeah. I loved that too. It got you right in the mood for Versailles before you even got there. So we left Paris by train and we travelled with the huge group of us to Chinon in the Loire Valley. And as little kids, you had much more freedom there, didn't you, than in Paris? Um, Yeah, we had a lot more freedom in Chinon than uh, in Paris, as you can imagine, because all of our family was staying in close proximity to each other. And uh, it was just a small little town where not much could really happen. No, it was fairly safe for you all to wander around. Yeah, yeah. And from there we went somewhere very special because on this huge long trip that went for seven weeks and where we spent most of our time in France, I asked everyone to put forward one choice that they definitely didn't want to miss and you had a request that I would never have thought of. What did you want to do? Well, at the time I was riding dirt bikes and fairly into like motocross and um, things of that nature. So once a year, I think they hold a motocross of nations, which is a an event or competition that. Um, it's an uh, international. Yeah, event, it's an it? international event which they put on at the at a motocross track um, somewhere in the world, and riders from all different countries come and compete in that. And mm. it happened to be while we were there in France. So we went to that in Ernay and um, mm. met a lot of the Australian riders and walked up and down the track, which was really, really steep. And yeah, it was fabulous. Yeah, pretty cool. It was only an hour or so from Chinon or an hour and a half because it was just outside of Le Mans. So we ended up driving to Le Mans, dropped Papa off, and he toddled off up to Mont-Saint-Michel. And then we spent the night in Le Mans 
at another B&B and then we headed off to this place at Urn A and I was fascinated by it. It's something I would never have considered doing, something completely out of what you would normally consider as a tourist. But because it was your request, we all went and did it and we absolutely loved it. It was such a great day and we learned so much more about this little regional part of France just by going to something we would never have considered going to. But from there... We then drove across to Villers Bretonneux, which is a very special place for Australians visiting France, as it was Australian troops who liberated that village at the end of the First World War. And our home city of Melbourne in Australia supported the village to rebuild after that devastation. And I recall visiting the primary school there, and it had a lovely message written across the top of the lunch shed. Do you remember what the message said? Um. It said something along the lines of "We love Australia" or "We won't forget Australia" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was in, a v- in English and then in French as well. Yeah, it was a very moving place. I think it said "N'oubliez jamais les Australiens, never forget the Australians." And there was a little museum there in the school hall, but it had all of these Australian artifacts and memorabilia war, from the yeah, war. Yeah, war memorabilia. You know, it was, it was it was kind of weird that it was like connected to the school yeah and it was it, it was all a bit strange but it was it was quite cute and it quite was cool. cute yeah. do you remember we got there for breakfast and we'd stayed at a place in Amiens that was not very good for breakfast we discovered and so we got out to Villers Bretonneux and we were all starving but nowhere was open yet and we were talking outside a little cafe and the people heard us talking and they came rushing out and saying, are you Australian? Are you Australian? And we said yes. And they said, oh, we open for you. We open for you. And so they opened up and we all went in for breakfast. Yeah. It was really strange that they were so welcoming of us. Like, we didn't know them. Like, no. But it was just through our nationality that uh, united us both, which was pretty cool. And it's quite bizarre that 100 years later, they are still so welcoming to Australians. Yeah, yeah. By now, you would have thought, oh, they all the people that had seen the war happen and stuff. They're um, all gone. They're all gone. But, um, yeah, it was it was really quite interesting and quite moving to see that they still held Australians in a very high regard. Mm. So more recently in 2017, I went on an immersion trip to France and one of the other women on the trip was a beautiful friend of mine, Simone. You flew over to meet me after the immersion had finished with your brother and Simone's two boys and Simone's gorgeous mama flew across with all four teenage boys. So you boys had a bit of time in Paris before I got to you. How was that time? Um, yeah, that was pretty That was pretty cool, that time that we had in Paris just as four Australian teenage boys just wandering the streets and having a bit of fun. Um, I think you were only 13 at the time. Yeah. So what did you all get up to at that time? I've never quite found out. Well, I think we walked around. um, We sat in a couple little cafes and then we walked to Notre Dame and took a couple pictures there and we walked to the other side of the city where uh, the Supreme store is, which is a streetwear label. So from to do anything in Paris, your choice was to go straight to the Supreme Store. I love that. I do know that I gave you a couple of hundred euro on a card for emergency and somehow that got chewed up, that got used, but nobody got anything for it. What happened with that money that was on the card? Um, So we got all the way over to the other side of the city. We got to Supreme. We, We were trying to go in, but it was, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday that we got there. So there was a drop that day. 
um, like a release of clothing that day. And I don't even think we ended up going in, but then we found ourselves on the other side of the city and it was going to be like an hour and a half walk back. So we went to hire a bike and we put our card in, we did, did all that. And then it took our money and didn't give us a bike, which was quite unfortunate. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, it wasn't done on purpose. It was an accident, so I wasn't cross at all. But I was then later on astounded to find how resourceful you all were. You were great because you'd been to Paris before. I know that. But to be in a foreign city and to find yourself stuck somewhere, you all managed to get back. You were all mm. fine. I was yeah. very impressed. Yeah, it was quite, it was quite cool. Yes. So one of my memories from that period once I finally got to you was that we all went out for dinner and you and your brother, actually, especially your brother, just ordered plate after plate of escargot. He just loved them. He could not get enough of them. And we almost had to drag him out of the place because he just wanted to keep going and going. Um, you're not that keen on them, though. I know you tried them the first time we went. Um, yeah, I tried them the first time we went. Um, the first one I had, it, it was a really chewy one and it was like rubber in my mouth and I couldn't quite chew it. So I had to go to the bathroom and secretly spit it out because I didn't want to <laughs> cause, oh. cause any fuss. Oh. But the second time we went back, I tried them and I was a bit more of a fan of them then because they weren't as chewy and they were a lot tastier. Yeah. Maybe we just got better quality ones the second time when yeah. you had them. Maybe. So tell me, if snails would not be your go-to meal in France, what is your favourite French food or the go-to French food you would like the next time we get back there? Um, I have a bit of a sweet tooth, so I did quite enjoy Nutella Nutella crepes. <gasps> yes. Uh, and really, really chocolatey hot chocolates like they <gasps> They like melt chocolate. Yes. In the glass. and They do it a lot differently over there. It's like pouring chocolate. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. quite rich. It's like pouring chocolate with a tiny little bit of milk. Mm. So, it's, yeah, it's very rich. We might do a recipe for that, I think, this time, because we always share a recipe on the Little Girls Francophile. So, we might do a recipe for a proper French-style chocolat show, which mm. is not really a food, but, but still your favourite. It's good enough to be good enough to have a recipe, I think. You think it's good enough to have a recipe? Yeah. Okay, then we'll do that. Yeah. Now, last year at Easter in 2020, you and I were supposed to be headed over to France to do a road trip, just the two of us, all around the region near the German and Swiss border. So what was the thing you were most looking forward to on that trip? Um, I was looking forward to going through the Mont Blanc Tunnel to mm. Switzerland, I think, comes out in. And um, I was also looking forward to going to the Alps and just having a bit of fun there and driving through those roads. and Yeah. But, I was know. really looking forward to seeing the villages of Colmar and Annecy because they just look so beautifully quaint and picture postcard-like. I recall you were telling me that you were really wanting to cross the border into Switzerland and go to Geneva too, weren't you? Yeah, I really wanted to go to Geneva because I have a bit of an obsession with, with watches and a lot of the... Um, main watch manufacturers in the world, or the the larger ones, uh, based in Geneva, like uh, Rolex and Patek Philippe. Mm. Um, so I was really interested in going going there to see that. And so that's one thing that is really good about France is that it's so central and close to so many other fascinating parts of Europe that you can just nip over the border at times. Like I've actually gone across the border to have lunch in Spain, which sounds ridiculous. Go for lunch in Spain, but from the south of France, right down 
in that Basque region, that's very close. From this part near the Swiss border, it's just so close to nick into Switzerland or even across to Italy when you're further down south. So we will get there for our road trip eventually. Eventually, Eventually. By the time we get there now, you'll probably be able to drive and I won't be able to hold you back. You'll be on the autobahns going berserk, but we will get there one day. Now, we always share some music on the Little Bells Francophiles, and I did ask you to find some music that you would like that is in French. But I think, knowing how much you love rap music, I might just search up the current top 10 French rappers and pick one. What do you think? Sounds like a good enough plan. So thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I really appreciate you sharing these wonderful memories and I will share some photos from our holidays on the Little Bells Francophiles Insta and also the recipe for Chocolat Chaux. And eventually when we do get back to France on our little road trip, perhaps we can do an episode on the road over there. Yeah, sounds good. Merci. A bientôt, Frazy. Au revoir. So we've done a search and we are now going to listen to Saleh Vaniska. No problem. De tonner dans la rue, mais l'addition est salée. Ne joue pas le gros dans la street, tu te feras monter par un cadet. J'ai grandi dans l'illégal, au fond, il ne faut jamais parler. La chatte de la petite est sale, mon lit sans le poisson salé. J'ai baigné au chantier du coq, on traînait dehors jusqu'à pas d'heure. Depuis que je connais le glock, mes ennemis ont perdu de la valeur. Torse nu comme un mongol, on insultait les passants qui passaient. Le ciel gronde pendant la nuit, l'impression que le Seigneur est fâché. Mais comment ça, personne ne parle? Quand est-ce qu'on va manger notre part? Certains d'entre eux veulent pas nous voir. On me traite comme un putain d'esclave. Ma chérie, ma pas tes salades. Ce soir, je vais te verser la maillot. J'ai dit les madogs dans le coin. J'ai déployé mes ailes comme un charot. T'as voulu la vie de Tony dans la rue, mais l'addition est salée. Ne joue pas les pros dans la street. Tu te feras monter par un cadet. J'ai grandi dans l'illégal. Au fond, il ne faut jamais parler. La chatte de la petite est sale. Mon lit sans le poisson salé. J'ai baigné au chantier du coq. On traînait dehors jusqu'à pas d'heure. Depuis que je connais le glock, mes ennemis ont perdu de la valeur. Passé nu comme un mongol, on insultait les passants qui passaient. Le ciel gronde pendant la nuit, l'impression que le Seigneur est fâché. Ils ont dit demain c'est loin, mais on n'y croit même pas. Je vous emmerde, je suis au bord de la mer, j'allume mon Cohiba. Je reviens des Pays-Bas, j'augmente le PIB. On fait les bails et je baisse les prohibés. Le taf ça paye pas. Jamais. Higo, donne-moi la maille. Donne-moi le bail où je brise la vie. Elle peut s'acheter des nouvelles fringues. Elle bosse pour nous sur Viva Street. À quoi bon on sert de jouer les dingues On viendra te faire où tu habites. Un coup de fil, il y a dans l'enveloppe. J'ai de quoi te faire enlever la vie. T'as voulu la vie de Tony dans la rue, mais l'addition est salée. Ne joue pas les gros dans la street, tu te feras monter par un cadet. J'ai grandi dans l'illégal. Au fond, il ne faut jamais parler. La chatte de la petite est sale, mon lit sans le poisson salé. J'ai baigné au chantier du coq, on traînait dehors jusqu'à pas d'heure. Depuis que je connais le glock, mes ennemis ont perdu de la valeur. Torse nu comme un mongol, on insultait les passants qui passaient. Le ciel gronde pendant la nuit, l'impression que le Seigneur est fâché. Comme dans NWA, type et attitude, de la street on tient les rênes. Ils veulent pas de nous.
J'ai baigné au chantier du coq On traînait dehors jusqu'à pas d'heure Depuis que je connais le Glock Mes ennemis ont perdu de la valeur Torse nu comme un mongol On insultait les passants qui passaient Le ciel gronde pendant la nuit L'impression que le Seigneur est fâché That was French rap artist Niska with his song Saleh. I highlighted rap today after speaking with my son Fraser about his favourite music and also because French culture is ever-evolving and it's really important to celebrate the current emerging culture as well as the past. So thanks, Fraser, for introducing me to the rap genre which led me to that song today. Fraser also said his fave French food is actually more of a drink, but his favourite is the classic French chocolat chaud, the hot chocolate served in some Parisian cafes. The place where I have had chocolat chaud served as a jug of pouring chocolate is Café Saint-Régis or Saint-Régis on the Ile Saint-Louis. The velvety chocolate texture and flavour is like something that I had never had before my visit there. Now, David Leibovitz has a fabulous recipe online which uses whole milk, the best quality bittersweet chocolate you can buy, finely chopped, and light brown sugar. I will place his recipe on the website so Francophiles can immerse in this delight right there at home. And that's exactly what I will be doing, bringing back the flavours and smells of Paris cafes with every mouthful. So, c'est tout et c'est la fin aujourd'hui. That is all for another Little Bells Francophiles episode. If you're enjoying being transported to France through these podcast episodes, perhaps tell your Francophile friends to join us and connect with our fave destination, France. To be notified when new episodes are released, subscribe on your favourite podcast platform or follow Little Bells Francophiles on Insta. That's where you will also find lots of my personal French pics, as well as some from our Little Bells Francophiles guests. And we can all daydream of heading back to France. Au revoir, mes amis. Bonne journée et à bientôt.